As the Orioles continue to dominate top 100 prospect lists, and specifically Gunnar Henderson again and again is number one in baseball, right after Adley Rutschman did it last year, it makes you go back and think, was the 2019 draft the best in Orioles history? We'll try to find that out coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Wednesday, February 1st, 2023, and welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb. And coming up on today's episode, we're going to take a look back at some Orioles draft history because, listen, as Gunnar Henderson has dominated these prospect lists, you know, he's number one everywhere except for... For some reason, Keith Law at The Athletic put him number two, but still, he's been amazing. And you think back to this time last year when Adley Rutschman was the number one prospect on all of these lists. Well, they were the top two picks by the Orioles in the 2019 draft, the first draft for Mike Elias as Orioles GM. And when you add in guys like Kyle Stowers, who went after that, of course, is already in the big leagues with the Orioles, and some more talent down the line in that draft, it makes you think, with that one-two punch, is that the Orioles' greatest draft ever? Well, today... Going to take a look back at some recent drafts that were good, some drafts in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s that had some good players as well, and compare them all to try and find out if 2019, Michael Elias' first year, really was the Orioles' best draft. So that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast, which is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started today. Now, let's take a look at these drafts. And full disclosure here, this was an episode as I record here here this week that I had already recorded. I had recorded this episode last Thursday, planned to post it last Friday the 27th, and then about 30 minutes after I was done recording, maybe even less, the Orioles swung their trade with the Athletics for Cole Irvin. So of course I dropped that, did the emergency episode about the Cole Irvin trade, and banked this episode here for a little bit later. So you're about to hear that episode that I recorded on Thursday before the Cole Irvin trade. The reason I tell you that is, one, a couple things might sound a little outdated or out of order a bit. But the other thing is because, well, I mentioned Daryl Hernandez a good amount. Because Daryl Hernandez was the Orioles' fifth-round pick in that 2019 draft that I'm going to talk about. And, of course, he was dealt to the Athletics in that Cole Irvin trade. So Hernandez is going to come up a bit. It was still a good pick. They obviously got Cole Irvin out of it in a trade. But, uh, you know, when you hear that, don't be alarmed. This was recorded last Thursday. But without further ado, let's jump right into it. Taking a look at the Orioles' 2019 draft and how it compares to all the other drafts in Baltimore Orioles history. You know, you see Gunnar Henderson continue to dominate the top of these lists. And it's the same way that Adley Rutschman dominated the top of these lists last year before finally, of course, getting the big leagues and having a great year and finishing second in AL Rookie of the Year voting. And right now, the favorite and the betting favorite to win AL Rookie of the Year in 2023 is Gunnar Henderson after that great month he had in the big leagues debuting at the end of last year. So you take a look at those two guys, Gunnar and Adley, and you realize they were in the same draft and they were back-to-back picks. You go back to the 2019 MLB draft, and of course the Orioles took Adley Rutschman number one overall, the star junior catcher out of Oregon State. He gets an $8.1 million signing bonus with that pick. 
But, you know, the Orioles did save a little bit of money. I mean, it was it was slightly under the slot value of $8.42 million. They saved a, a little bit of money elsewhere and were able to go get Gunnar Henderson because in the second round, it was the 42nd overall pick. They got Gunnar Henderson out of high school in Alabama. They paid him $2.3 million with a signing bonus, even though the slot value was $1.77 million, so went over slot to go ahead and get Gunnar Henderson. And to be able to go over slot, they went under with a few of their picks later in the draft. Joey Ortiz went under slot in the fourth round. Uh, They got guys like Maverick Handley. He was under slot in the sixth round. Johnny Reiser went under slot in the seventh round. So they saved a little money along the way, which allowed them to go and get Gunnar Henderson. But when you look at those top two picks and you look at where they are now, I think the Orioles made the right choice in Adley Rutschman. I mean, it was basically down to Rutschman and Bobby Witt Jr., who went second overall to the Royals. And Witt did get to the big leagues last year and have a good season, but looked nowhere close to Adley Rutschman. And, I mean, you look at Gunnar Henderson right now. You could argue in that draft class, (laughs) the Orioles may have gotten the top two players in that draft. One at number one and one at... Number 42. I mean, you could argue it. Uh, There were some good names that came off the board. Andrew Vaughn of the White Sox went third. Riley Green went fifth. C.J. Abrams, sixth. Nick Lodolo went seventh. Alec Manoa, we know him. He went 11th in that draft. Bryson Stott was a first-rounder in that draft. There are some really good players. Daniel Espino, great pitching prospect for Cleveland, went in the first round that year as well. Anthony Volpe of the Yankees went in the first round. There were some great players taken in that draft, but... I mean, you can see a situation in which Gunnar Henderson is better than all those guys. And so when you look at just those two picks alone, yeah, it could be the Orioles' best draft, but then you go down the list and and they still got some good players. How about their next pick? In the competitive balance B round, 71st overall, they got Kyle Stowers, got him for slot value, picked him out of Stanford. And of course, we saw Stowers debut in the big leagues last year. Now, we're not quite sure what Stowers' role will be going into 2023, but I think most people, including me, agree he's going to be on the opening day roster and play some role in the Orioles' outfield and in the Orioles' lineup and, and could be a big power bat, could be a, a legit major leaguer. Now, it was a bit of a miss in the third round going with Zach Watson, the outfielder out of LSU. He is still in the Orioles' system, but he had a big 2021. He got himself to AAA. We thought we'd see Zach Watson maybe in the big leagues last year, but took a big step back, actually ended the year back down in AA Bowie last year. Again, he's still in the org, but I don't see him getting to the big leagues. But then you go fourth round, the O's get Joey Ortiz. All of a sudden, he is now a top 100 prospect, kind of out of nowhere. They get Daryl Hernandez out of high school in the fifth round of that draft. Took him a little while to get going. But now he's a guy who is you know, going to be in double-A buoy this year and I think is really going to make some noise on prospect lists. And then, you know, not the sexiest pick, but they got Maverick Hanley out of Stanford in the sixth round. And his catching skills behind the plate are so good that even if his bat never comes along, he could legitimately be a backup catcher in the big leagues for Adley Rutschman in a couple years just because the defense seems so good. And then there's a few more guys in this class that are still hanging around with some solid promise. Morgan McSweeney has some good stuff in AAA. Shelton Perkins has shown some really good stuff out of the bullpen. Cade Stroud is back from injury, throwing almost 100 
out of the pen. Connor Gillespie has had some great numbers in the low minor leagues for the Orioles. We saw Griffin McLarty, their eighth-round pick, get to double-A last season. Jake Lyons has put up some really good numbers. Shane Fontana, you know, showing some power over the last couple of years. So of the 41 picks that the Orioles got, they signed 35 of them, and three of them have already gotten to the big leagues in those top three picks, Rutschman, Henderson, and Stowers. I think you know, one more is definitely going to get to the bigs. Joey Ortiz, whether it's with the O's or, or maybe if he's traded, but he's going to be in the big leagues. And I think with the upward trajectory of Dale Hernandez, he's going to get to the bigs too. And then, as I said, I wouldn't be surprised if Maverick Hanley got there one day. And then you still have, you know, 23 of the picks still in the Orioles organization. Now, in 2023, it's still probably a little too soon to grade a draft just four years before, because as I said, a lot of these guys are still developing in the minor leagues. They're not ready to be big leaguers. But that's kind of the outlook of the Orioles 2019 draft. I mean, they picked at one and 42 and may have gotten the best two players in the draft with those picks. So you look at that and you say, I mean, what a job by Mike Elias and crew in his first year, his first draft class as Orioles GM. So then we look back and we say, well, how does this compare? Because the Orioles have hit certainly on some first round picks in the past. They've also missed on some first round picks in the past as well. So coming up next, we're going to go through some old Orioles draft classes and see if 2019 really maybe is the best Orioles draft of all time. But first, this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL playoffs, they are here. And we are so excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America. It is is FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. And if you're a new customer, you can join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place just a $5 bet. So just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props and more. And plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. Now, of course, we're looking at the NFL this weekend, championship weekend, Niners and Eagles and the Bengals and the Chiefs. I gave a pick for the AFC game on Wednesday. Here, I'll look at the NFC game. And to be quite honest with you, I think these two teams might just muck it up a bit, keep the ball on the ground. So I would go under 46.5 points in this game on FanDuel for the NFC Championship game. And the best thing that, you know, about FanDuel, really, it's all in an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. So we're taking a look back here at some Orioles drafts of the past because, you know, the O's had an amazing draft in 2019, getting Adley Rutschman, getting Gunnar Henderson, getting Kyle Stowers, Joey Ortiz. And it just makes you think, you know, the O's have had good drafts since then. You know, the jury's still out on some guys. Obviously, unfortunate medical issues for Heston Kerstad, the first-round pick in 2020. Still questions there about that class. Colton Kowser looks great from 2021. We hope Jackson Holiday is a star going number one in 2022. And, of course, many other picks who have uh, made their impact in the minors since then. But because, you know, already three players from 2019 have gotten to the bigs, another one is on the doorstep, you can kind of start to judge the draft class, or at least the first one, for Mike Elias in 2019. And, and you look back on other classes, and you know, as I'm doing research here, I'm realizing, you know, the Orioles, 
this might be their best draft ever. I mean, I'm looking at this breakdown of 2019, and, and let's assume Joey Ortiz is getting to the big leagues this year. I think we all think it's going to happen, whether it's with the O's or another team. The last Orioles draft class to have four or more guys get to the big leagues, you have to go back to 2015. And we're talking about a few impact big leaguers, but just more so guys that got a cup of coffee. From that draft class, the Orioles actually did get seven players into the big leagues. Now, the guy that made an impact, Ryan Mountcastle, was a competitive balance round pick. Obviously, he's an Orioles starter. Cedric Mullins in the 13th round was a great pick in that draft. And then... Nick Vespi came out in the 18th round, been in the Oriole bullpen. Ryan McKenna was a fourth rounder. Of course, he's still on the team. DJ Stewart was the first round pick that year. He was kind of a bust, but he did spend some time in the big leagues. And then they got Jay Fla in the sixth round, who debuted briefly in 2021. And Ryan Meisinger, who they got in the 11th round, debuted briefly on the mound in 2019 for the Orioles. So they did get seven guys into the big leagues from that draft. But even with Mullins and Mountcastle, you can add in Vespi and, and McKenna. I don't think Mullins and Mountcastle is the star power of Adley and Gunner, but because they both at least established themselves, you can at least put it in the conversation in the 2015 draft. Before that, you have to go all the way back to 2007 to get a, a one-two punch of star power. And that was when, of course, the Orioles took Matt Wieters in the first round, and then they got Jake Arietta in the fifth round. Now, you could argue and say, well, Connor... You know, that draft didn't really work out as much for the Orioles because Arietta didn't break out until the Orioles traded him over the Cubs in 2013. But, you know, that's still two All-Stars that they got in a draft. It's just that, well, one wasn't an All-Star or a Cy Young winner for the Orioles. So maybe you pump the brakes a little bit on that one being better than 2019. Before that, I did look at 1999 only because 1999 was a wild draft. The Orioles lost so many free agents that year that they ended up with a whole bunch of comp picks. The Orioles had four first-round picks, and in total, they had seven of the top 50 selections in the 1999 MLB draft. Now, that's not the same as having seven of the top 50 in, say, the NFL draft, because you still have some slot values, things are a little different, you got to move money around. But in general, seven out of the top 50, you should be able to clean up. The Orioles kind of didn't. Out of that group... Of those seven in the top 50, the only two that made it to the bigs with the Orioles are Brian Roberts, who ended up being a great selection, and Larry Bigby, who played a role for a couple of years. Other than that, you had five players who basically did nothing. Now, the Orioles did get Eric Bedard in the sixth round of that 1999 draft as well. So you look at Roberts and Bedard with Bigby in there as well, and that's a solid draft. But I wouldn't say it's better than 2019 because when you have seven picks in the top 50, and depending on what you think of Larry Bigby, I mean, really the only hit on one of them in Brian Roberts, that's pretty embarrassing. And Roberts, he was the seventh of the seven picks. I mean, Mike Paredes and, and Richard Stahl and Keith Reed and Scott Rice and those guys went before him and just, they, they, weren't, they weren't good. Before that, I mean, you got two drafts in the 70s that I think maybe could compete with 2019. Number one would be 1978. Now, in both of these drafts, the Orioles actually missed on their first round picks, but then they hit later in the draft, which is different from 2019 because the two guys that carry this class are the top two picks, Gunner and Adley. In 78, they got Robert Boyce with their first round pick, certainly did not hit, but they got Larry Sheets in the second round. 
Then later in the second round, they got a player you may have heard of named Cal Ripken Jr. And then they also picked up Mike Boddicker in the sixth round of that 1978 draft. So, and again, you can argue about the impact of Larry Sheets, but with Ripken and Boddicker, and Sheets as well was a big leaguer for the O's, that's three pretty good picks in one draft. And then the other one is 1973. Now, the Orioles actually whiffed in the first two rounds of this draft. It was Mike Perot in the first round and Jer Jerry Gwynn in the second round. Those weren't the guys, but they got Eddie Murray in the third round and they got Mike Flanagan in the seventh round of that 1973 draft. So those are two very good players they got later in the draft. So I would say... If you're going to make an argument, I guess you can make one for 2015 because it was seven big leaguers. But really, it's Mountcastle and Mullins kind of carrying that group. And, and Mountcastle and Mullins are not what Adley and Gunner are going to be. And then I think you can make the 78 and 73 argument because of Cal, Boddicker, and Sheets or Murray and Flanagan. Now, do I think Adley and Gunner will be better than Cal Ripken Jr. or Eddie Murray? I don't know. I mean, I would hope so, but also those are two Hall of Famers, and it's tough to be better than those guys. So I think your two main competitors would be 1978 and 1973. Now, on one side, it hurts that they missed on the first round pick in both of those drafts, and in 73, they missed on the second rounder, but it also helps that, hey, they got a little better value, and, you know, Cal in the second round, Eddie in the third round, Boddicker in the sixth round, Flanagan in the seventh round of those drafts. I would give the edge for now to 78 and 73 just because you're getting Cal Ripken and Eddie Murray. But once we see a full season of both Adley and Gunner, if I go back to this prompt this time next year and Adley and Gunner have played up to their level in 2023, I think they'll kind of solidify that 2019 is the best draft in Orioles history. And when you think about it, I mean, how impressive is that? I mean, Mike Elias, his first draft as Orioles GM could go down as the best in history. And I mean, you could look at it down the road and say, I mean, there's no question about it. This is the best top two picks ever in a draft for the Orioles. They have never done better with their first two picks in a draft. Five years from now, we could look back on the 2019 draft and say, no team in big league history maybe ever did better than Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson with the first two picks in an MLB draft. Again, you know, we haven't even seen a full, full MLB season out of either of them, so I don't want to get way ahead of it, but with how good they project to be, it's possible with how good the O's did in that draft. But again, it's easier to draft when you pick number one overall. I get that. In 78 and 73, the Orioles did not pick number one overall. And again, they missed on both those first rounders. But the Orioles do have kind of a pattern of missing on first rounders. And Mike Elias, I would say, hasn't done it yet. Adley's been great. Heston Kerstad extenuating circumstances. Hopefully he's back on the field fully healthy this year. And then Colton Kowser has been great. And I think we all think Jackson Holly is going to be great. I, I would make him at least three for four on his first round pick so far. That was not the case for the previous GMs, 2018 and before that. Yeah, Dan Duquette did well with D.L. Hall and, and Grayson Rodriguez in his final two first round picks. But everybody else before that, uh, it was a little rough to look at. But still, we're going to look at it, diving deep into the Orioles' full history of first-round picks and how concerning some of the numbers are there and what Mike Elias has already done to change that is coming up next.
So Adley Rutschman, awesome number one overall pick. Seems like Jackson Holiday going to be an awesome number one overall pick. You add those guys to the Orioles' number one overall picks with Ben McDonald, who wasn't as awesome of a pick. Obviously, he pitched in the big leagues for a little while and helped the Orioles and has been a great broadcaster, but not exactly what the Orioles wanted out of that pick when they got Big Ben out of LSU. But it's not just the number one overall pick. When the Orioles pick in the first round at all, it's it's been kind of a struggle for them in their history. Now, I will admit that I didn't do the full research of every other big league team. There are plenty of misses across the board in the history of the MLB draft since it started in the 1960s of teams missing on first-round picks. They missed a lot back in the day before they had a lot of data on these guys. You know, you'd be relying on one scout who traveled to California and saw a kid play three times and came back and said, this is our guy because he's got the, you know, the build. And, you know, it, it was basically, I mean, this is how scouting was. It was like he hit a curveball. I think he looks big and strong. And, you know, I think like his, you know, his friend group. And, he, you know, he, he fielded a ball nicely when uh, when it was hit to him and he didn't show anybody up on the field. Like that was kind of a lot of what scouting was 40 years ago. So there were a lot of misses. But I would venture to say that especially in the 2000s when information got a lot better, the Orioles were missing a lot more than other teams. So I want to look back on all the Orioles' first-round picks. Now, I'm going to exclude the Mike Elias guys because, again, I think he's at least 3-for-4 and could be 4-for-4 four four if Heston Kerstad gets healthy. So before Mike Elias came in, so this is in the 2018 drafts and before that, which started in 1965, the Orioles have had 66 first-round picks. Now let's start with two of them who did not sign. It's a pretty good number, 64 out of 66, you at least get into the organization. But two of them did not sign. One was in 1987. Brad Duvall, a right-handed pitcher, did not sign with the Orioles. And then the other one, much more recently, some of you may remember, is Wade Townsend, pitcher who did not sign in 2004. He was a top 10 pick. He ended up going in the first round again the next year after he went back to college. The Rays took him in 2005, gave him about a $2 million bonus, and then he just had some injuries and wasn't good and, and retired, I believe, in, in 2010 maybe, but, but never got to the big league. So, you know, two out of out of 66. We don't want to focus on those two. Too bad. Sometimes it's the team's fault when a player doesn't sign. Sometimes it's just bad luck and bad circumstance, and it happens to teams from time to time. But then you get to the big number. 23 of those Orioles selections. So we'll say 23 of the 64 that the Orioles did sign did not make it to the major leagues, whether with the Orioles or with another team. They just never got to the bigs. It's not a great percentage, 23 out of 64. I mean, you're looking at a, about 35% in total of your first-round picks before Elias got here that just didn't get to the big leagues at all. And there's the argument of, well, the Orioles were, you know, for a while so bad at developing that other organizations would have gotten these players to the bigs. I think there's a lot of of info and and just correctness behind that argument. But also, like, when you're picking high in the first round, there's some guys where no matter how bad you are at developing, they can just get themselves to the big leagues at least for a little while. Then they may flame out because bad development, bad coaching. But if you can at least identify good talent in high school and college, you can have guys who at least get to the big leagues just because of how good they are. The Orioles had a lot of cases where they didn't even do that. 14 players 
of those 66 previous first round picks did get to the bigs with the Orioles, but kind of flamed out. You know, maybe they got a cup of coffee. Maybe they got to the O's briefly in the bigs and then were traded or released or, you know, never just made it big and and, and made an impact at all. That's about 21% of your picks that just, yeah, they got there, but didn't do much after that. And then you had nine of them who ended up getting to the big leagues with other teams. Most of them were traded as prospects. A couple of them uh, just stayed in the minors and were released, signed with other teams, and then did get to the big leagues. That's only about 14%. That'll happen. That's not really a pushback on the organization because, as I've talked about on this podcast, you can't keep all your prospects. you got to trade some of them for big league talent. And in most of those deals, the Orioles got big league talent back. You know, trades were a little different back in the day of some of these deals. But... They generally were trying to add to the big league team. So I find that okay. But at the end of the day, you look at 18 of 66 first-round picks before 2019 that have made an MLB impact with the Orioles. And really, the number's only 16. Because I'm assuming, when I say this, that D.L. Hall and Grayson Rodriguez, the Orioles' first-round picks out of high school in 2017 and 2018, will make... A big impact with the Orioles. We've already seen about a month of D.L. Hall. It was good. We would have seen Grayson last year if not for the lat injury. It looks like he's going to be in the Orioles opening day starting rotation. And, you know, he's the number two pitching prospect in all of baseball right now. I think the two of them are going to make a large impact. So I feel safe including them in this group to make it 18. But other than that, there's there's 16 guys since 1965 that have been first round picks. And have made an impact with the Orioles, the big league level. I feel like that 27% of your picks is kind of low for first rounders. You got to hit a little bit better on your first round picks. I know the MLB draft is sometimes a crapshoot, and there's a lot of different factors that play in. There's a lot of different players, and it's not you know as big of a hit as the NBA and NFL drafts are, but you got to hit on a little better percentage than that. So you're looking at, you know, the first-round picks who did make an impact with the Orioles. Ryan Mountcastle, Kevin Gosman, Dylan Bundy, Manny Machado, Brian Mattis, Matt Wieters, Nick Markakis, Brian Roberts, kind of your more recent picks. I included Larry Bigby in there as well, along with Jeffrey Hammonds, obviously Mike Mussina. I put Ben McDonald on this list, although they didn't make the biggest impact. And then you have Greg Olson, Pete Harnish, Rich Dower, and Bobby Gritch. Those are your guys who were first-round draft picks by the Orioles and did make an impact. But when you look back on some of the picks, especially from the 2000s, I mean, it's kind of concerning the picks that the O's made in the 2000s before Michael Elias and and his crew got here. I mean, obviously, you think back to Matt Hobgood in in 2009. That one uh, did not work out well. Uh, The Hobgood one was funny because after Hobgood went fifth overall, there were, of course, Hobgood never made it to the bigs with the Orioles, had injury issues, just wasn't good. There were seven consecutive pitchers taken immediately after the Orioles took Hobgood in the 2009 draft. All seven of those pitchers made it to the big leagues. Now, they had varying levels of impact, but Zach Wheeler was the very next pick after Hobgood. And all seven of those guys at least made some kind of impact in the big leagues. That's that's not what you want. You go back, I mean, Billy Rowell was, you know, the big example. The Orioles took him out of out of high school with the ninth pick in 2006. Got suspended, didn't even get close to the big leagues really 
I mean, Max Scherzer went two picks later in that draft. I mean, you got the the Garrett Olsons and the Brandon Snyders, the Adam Lowens of the world, the Pedro Beatos, the Chris Smiths, the Tripper Johnsons. The Orioles were real bad at drafting in the first round for a while, especially in the 2000s. But I just wanted to talk about that group because when you look at Adley and Gunner, when you specifically look at Rutschman, Kerstad, Kowser, and Holiday over the first four drafts of Mike Elias' tenure, yeah, there hasn't been big spending, and yeah, the Orioles haven't gotten a splash player, and you know they're still relying most on, on in-house guys, but at least those in-house guys and those draft picks are working out. And the final point, which I've, I've made before, is to say I really do trust Mike Elias and his staff when it comes to the draft. I mean, they're killing these drafts. I mean, he comes in and it looks like, as we said today, his first draft, 2019, might have been the best in Orioles history. That's how good they are at developing and, and really, first of all, identifying this talent. And then they've shown they're great at developing it as well. So if the Orioles can do that good in every draft, then you know what? When you have a log jam of positions like the Orioles have in the infield right now in the system— you can trade those guys away to get big leaguers because you know what? Come July, there's going to be a whole other draft with 20 more rounds. And Mike Elias and his crew are going to get to work again on bringing in the next wave of great Orioles players. And they're going to continue to replenish that system. Trading these guys away isn't going to make your system go from number one to number 30. Because Elias gets a draft every year. And he's shown to be really good at it. So he's going to keep those good players coming. Some will get to the bigs with the O's and some hopefully will be traded away for big league talent, but it seems like he certainly has hit on Adley and Gunner in 2019 and, you know, Stowers and Ortiz and others too, and just a really good draft class and a, a really nice change from what the Orioles did look like in drafting and developing in the 2000s.